This is the Hunt Quietly Podcast. I'm Matt Ranella. Okay, I'm with David and Jill and Omar, three folks that are pretty involved with what we're trying to do. And tonight we're going to talk about a couple surveys they conducted online. I'll get into that in just a minute, but I don't read enough of the emails I get, I don't think. I think there's value in in hearing from people around the country and what their concerns are about the future of hunting and the present of hunting. And that's what these surveys are going to bear on a little bit tonight that we're going to talk about the results from that these fine folks conducted. So this is an email I just got today. Do you guys think I can say the name of the person or is that like without asking them? Probably not a good idea. First name? His name First is name Drew. And Drew says, Drew writes, hi, Matt and Jim. Now, you got to bear with me because this, this email has a lot of typos in it. I'm not saying I'm good at reading out loud, but I'm better than what this will indicate. Love the podcast and the discussions you guys are having and helping change perspectives for hunters and the future of hunting. I live in Alaska. And I'm very avid hunter and fisherman. I originally got here with the army back in 2015, and now am an airline pilot flying out of Anchorage. So going on eight years now, I have been watching things change here, and also how hunts, prices, and opportunities have fluctuated. My frustration goes a lot to social media and how glorified the hunting is made to be here and how much attention is drawn to these, quote, expensive and overpriced, unquote, hunts. Now, yes, most of the guided hunts were what ran you a pretty penny, but over the last year, the upcharge in bush flights increased 30 to 40% a year. We got company companies here now who are charging 10 to 15 grand for drop camp hunts that used to cost a fraction of a fraction of that. A huge place I noticed this with was Kodiak Island. My wife and I have made the trip every year there for the last seven years, but this last year was just frustrating and embarrassing. The amount of hunters I saw on a remote part of the island and also how much more the bush flight costed. I love going to Kodiak and I'm not sure how many more years I can justify the increasing expenses with just trying to get out there. Must be pretty expensive. He's an airline pilot. I think they make pretty good money and he already is in Alaska, which is half the travel. I heard on one of your episodes about go hunt advertising boat-based hunts there and i contribute this to the demise thankfully alaska fishing game now put a one deer limit on non-residents on the island but i still don't see that that's helping a whole lot now not just with deer this is happening 
with moose, caribou, boo, doll, sheep, and sheep and bear. There's only so much road access in Alaska. So many of the trailheads are obese. That's an interesting uh, word choice with people and their ATVs and $70,000 truck trailer combos. I do love your saying, quote, highly accessible, non-paid hunting, which is not the same. It's high quality, publicly accessible, non-pay hunting. Um, Drew, but anyway. Uh, 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 now that I had to go up and remind myself of his name, of his name, I lost my place. I like accessible non-paid hunting, but hunting up here and paying to get flown out is not justifiable uh, for me. I myself only go where I can walk in or fly in, and this is due to my frustration with the limited access in Alaska to go somewhere not flooded with ATVs. Another huge issue is is come August, September, the Anchorage Airport is loaded with non-residents coming here to spend a fortune on a guided hunt for sheep, moose, bear, you name it. Non-residents kill an average of 40% of the sheep harvested every year, and these are mostly on over-the-counter tags. People pay the gu- their guides 20 to 30 grand, and the guides go flying around in their plane spotting sheep to get their rich clients to be successful. I think it goes with what you have said about the prostitution of animals. Then you got big names in the in the industry with their social media advertising a guide service here that hunts a lot in the Anchorage area. I used to put in here for moose tags, um, but they've blown the spot up so much that I can't bother anymore because it's a total waste of a draw opportunity. Anyway, rant over. I appreciate the podcast and what you guys are trying to do. Thanks for reading my email and have a good rest of your week, Drew. Drew, I'm sorry this is happening to you. And I think there's probably about 50 people, I would guess, that are responsible for that. And And I know some of them. And I don't want to speak for the rest of the group on the podcast tonight. I'm going to ask them their opinion. But in my opinion, they didn't film this, promote the hell out of it, and do this to you, share their love of the natural world. I don't think they did it primarily to inspire Americans to protect these areas. I don't think they did it out of a love of or a, a need, a, a perceived need for R3 to fund conservation and protect our rights and increase well-being among humans by introducing more people to hunting. I think they did it to make money and to get famous. And primarily, primarily at least, that's what I believe. And Drew, I think that the hunting celebrities 
and the hunting nonprofits, be they BHA, TRCP, RMEF, North 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 uh, NWTF, Turkey Federation, ADA, Ducks Unlimited, and the rest. If they had it their way, you'd see more hunters, and the prices would be higher. Consequently, I think that the hunting industry, be it Sika, First Light, QU, Kafaru, Cabela's. Mossy Oak, real tree, you name it. I think they, I, 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 I think they wish that it, you were seeing more hunters in these places that were much more worthwhile to hunt as recently as 2015. So that's my take. What do you guys think? He's got some. He's got some really valid points. I mean, just from what you're reading, as far as the plane costs, the bush plane costs, I mean, I, I can imagine that the non-residents coming in are, are outpricing the locals that, you know, were used to a normal price. And now the it's just, it's economics. I mean, they're going to charge what they can charge because they can. And the reason the price is going up is because people want to get there, you know? And the reason and, people want to get there is because of advertising. Uh, advertising us does what advertising does that's my opinion and and the thing is is like all these so-called influencers that are saying they're conservationists well you got to think about you know what the if, if you are a true conservationist you got to think about what the effect on the animals are not just you know saying you're going to donate to a nonprofit isn't doing isn't conservation i mean think about Think about what all those planes are doing, flying over the sheep, constantly flying over the sheep when they're scouting for their for their thirty thousand dollar clients. They're they're educating those sheep, and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't aren't doll sheep and bighorn sheep more prone to disease? They 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 are more prone to disease, aren't they? Well, okay, so in yes, they are. They are. So if they, that's why. Uh, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of efforts in the lower 48 to to segregate domestic sheep keep them away from bighorn sheep because they'll get a a a form of pneumonia and then and then even with llamas there's there's uh there's some concern about pack llamas it's more more of a concern with with dull sheep in alaskan than it is with bighorn sheep in the lower 48 you know so my point was you know they're they're in terms of carrying diseases what i'm saying you know yeah and transmitting diseases if that wasn't clear just you know they're constantly pressuring these these sheep and other game animals too i'm sure the moose and caribou are getting it too but they're constantly pressuring them and they're going to drive them into a, a more uh densely populated herd in the disease i'm just saying from a conservationist standpoint that's not going to help you know the future it's a limited resource it's not unlimited they have to breed and be healthy so he's got a lot of valid points and i mean another thing i don't know if you could be mad at the state of alaska but alaska they want that money you know they're not they're they want the non-resident money i bet you if you looked at 
the amount that non-residents brought into the state compared to residents, the non-residents would, would support more. So I don't it's, know, it's like a, it's it's so interesting. Like you could you could place your sympathy with the employees of the state. You could place your sympathy with the wildlife. You could place your sympathy with the bush plane pilots that are just trying to feed themselves and their families. And I don't just want the way I'm wired. I place my, you got to make a choice to some extent. You got to make a choice. And I, I just so happen to place my sympathies with people that have been flying under the radar, doing it for the right reasons and with the wildlife. Well, hundred percent because the people flying under the radar they're not doing anything different and they're getting results. They're getting the consequences from people that are making it worse for everybody. That's what sucks. Okay. Anybody, anybody else, uh, David, you got anything about that? Uh, yeah. I mean, just when you're talking about, you know, there is, there's, there's multiple interests involved, you know, like you say, from the bush pilots to the local hunters, to non-resident hunters, the animals, government entities in Alaska <clears throat> and that's that's all you know valid and you know like you said you know something as simple as like the bush pilots wanting to just get by and make make some money and um you know there's all obviously a whole industry that naturally already exists around the hunting industry the outdoor industry however you want to put it in especially a place like Alaska but I think the key is um we as hunters, people who claim to care about conservation, people who claim to care about the North American wildlife uh, model of conservation, you know, I think it's pretty clear that we shouldn't be doing anything to further the commercialization, further the monetization um, of that resource, you know. So while sure, there might be bush pilots who have been living in Alaska and servicing these, you know, out of state customers or even in state customers for years. I don't think it's incumbent on us as hunters to try to prop those industries up and feed more and more money into those coffers. I think it's on us to do what's best for the resource and for fellow hunters. And I don't think that's necessarily, you know, advertising and trying to shove more and more people into what, you know, the last, kind of untapped area of North American wildlife and obviously not untapped, but obviously much more vast, much less competition. Um, you know, I don't think we're doing anybody any favors by trying to exploit or monetize that, you know, further than it already is anyway. Yeah. I mean, you got to think about some of these camps too, that get used like over and over and over because they're basically cycling in, you know, when you're picking up one, group and dropping off another and and just how like that impact on the landscape yeah it's gonna be it's (laughs) hopefully it never comes to this but it will be a very sad day when you fly all the way up to alaska and it just looks like anywhere else you know anywhere yeah or you might as well have stayed home in indiana exactly yeah i mean that's it's anybody that's been there knows it's an exceptionally special place and what makes it special is that it's different. So, um, yeah, it would just be a real shame to, to do away with that. 
I just don't want it to turn into a, another Canada. You know, the same model that Canada has for hunting. Oh, yeah, meaning not, you you got to go with the guide. You got it. Well, it is sort of like that now, but yeah. For some species, first a kinner guide. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. You know, it's all in Canada, it's all Queensland or whatever. You can if you're yeah. If you're not from there, you're not hunting there pretty much unless you're uh want to pay. I'm trying to spread less disinformation. So it, it's like caribou, obviously. I don't know if it's obvious, but you can you do not have to go with a guide for caribou up there. Yeah, yeah it's you have to get guided for doll sheep, grizzly bear, moose, and mountain mountain goat. If you want to hunt moose, caribou, you can buy it over the counter without a guide. That's moose is over the counter. I think with moose, it depends on the area. I could be wrong about that. And like I say, or it's the guide or first akin relative. So I've done moose, yeah. I've done moose, bear, and sheep hunting up there because my brother lives up there, you know. Okay. Great. Should we, well, let's dive into these surveys. So Omar likes to lurk on rock slide and see what's going on there a little bit. And he, he asked a question of, uh, on there and just threw a question out, see what that's a hunt quietly relevant question, see what kind of responses he got. And then, and, and then we have, we being hunt quietly, we have our own little, what is this? The subreddit, right? Yeah. How, how do you get there? If somebody wanted to get on the World Wide Web and check it out? Uh, I believe it would be reddit.com. Oh, man. I don't know what's the back or forward slash. Uh, lower part on the left. Upper part on the right. Is that a backslash? Lower <laughs> part. Slash. Lower forward part slash? The, forward slash. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Reddit.com <laughs> forward slash R forward slash hunt quietly is how you'd get there or just go on to reddit and search hunt quietly and you'll find it so these three jill david and omar both have responsibilities just kind of moderating things putting out content and interacting with folks that 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 comment on the content and so they asked a question recently that and and got some data on what folks think about um threats to hunting but first omar's question was what um it was what are your thoughts on hunting and social media slash influencers okay that was the that was the question how many respondents 185 and the results are the results were um pretty interesting i mean especially when you think that the media that i used it that i asked the question on was a form of social media right you know um yeah that's that is like that is interesting before we go forward i I got something about that i could say so we just last night recorded an episode about this new nssf report about american attitudes about hunting, fishing, and shooting sports. And the reason we became aware that that report was out because Outdoor Life wrote an article about the report. And they put, they 
put out a, a post about their article and there was about a hundred comments or something like that on that post and more. Okay. So th- the big headline is that America's American approval of for hunting has dipped four percentage points in the last two years. And it's a statistically significant drop in American approval for hunting. And way by the way majority of the comments were it's caused by social media. And these are people that use what social media. So you can imagine society writ large, how many people would blame social social media or maybe not maybe because they don't even know what it does. So I don't know, but yeah. anyway, well, go it's ahead. So, it's, it's just social media is so common, you know? Um, so the results, the three, the three uh, possible answers were um, a, I love it and subscribe slash follow multiple accounts, watch on a daily basis, B indifferent. I watch videos and look at pictures occasionally and it doesn't affect me or C I hate it. Don't follow or subscribe to anyone and think it's detrimental to the future of hunting. So do you want to take a, take a guess at, take a guess at the percentage. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Can you, can you just read those over one more time? Yeah. First one was, I love it and subscribe slash follow multiple accounts. Watch on a daily basis. Second choice. I'm indifferent. I watch videos and look at pictures occasionally and it doesn't affect me. Third choice. I hate it. I don't follow or subscribe to anyone and think it's detrimental to the future of hunting. I'm going to say 20, 60, 20. Okay. I'm not going to comment. Really? Well, well, I talked to Omar last night. So oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> so then you guys would think I was real good, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I'm I'm right with David. That's got that seems about right. So we got nine votes for five percent for the I love it. Fifty-three percent, ninety-nine votes for indifferent. And 41%, 77 votes for I hate it, don't follow. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so it's almost even between indifferent and I hate it. It's it's a few percentage points different. So who the fuck is watching all these? (laughs) Why do these people get so many views? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Very good question. Just People are lying. Somebody's lying. Yeah, that's like me and Joe were talking about that yesterday. I think Rock Slide is like a pretty hardcore hunter forum. Most of the guys on there, no, there's like the new people, and then there's the the regulars that are just all lifetime hunters, like like we are. So they're all going to probably sway to one point. So you gotta you gotta kind of understand what what media I use to. To pull these results from you know because i think there's probably a ton of new hunters out there that are like on youtube and love meat eater love randy newberg love watching all that stuff because they're new and they don't know any better people like us that have been doing it our whole lives kind of know better you know yeah yeah so yeah yeah 
So you you tend to think that your average rock slide user has been hunting more than most people. Yeah, I longer say, than most people. Okay, that's a possibility. I'm not. I, I can't yeah. tell you for sure, but that's that's a possibility. That's what sucks about stuff like this. It's so hard to get a random sample. Yeah, especially with hunters. I mean, how are yeah. you going to get a random sample of hunters? Yeah. And then there's maybe a certain type of person that's filled out the poll in the first place when they see it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the two I've or three people slide. I can think of right now offhand that use rock slide a lot are people that have been hunting their whole lives. Mm-hmm. So. But there's def- definitely new guys because there's new, I see new guys on there all the time that, that are asking questions about, you know, getting into hunting and stuff. But they 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 could have voted too, you know. Yeah, isn't it pretty skewed towards Western hunting as well, as opposed um, to like whitetails and stuff. There's a there's a whitetail forum and stuff like that, but yeah, predominantly people. Well, there's a lot of people that are on there that are from the east or Midwest that hunt the west. There's a lot yeah. of you know they're not all Western livers or residents. They're just there's a lot of Western hunters. Yeah, but most of the topics are skewed more towards west, like western big game. For like sure. You're not, you're not, yeah, yeah. Which might have something to do with it as well. You know, I think there's, I think there's a pretty big, you know, Midwest, Southeast, kind of like contingent whitetails, turkeys. You know, some small game, some, some, some waterfowl and stuff like that. Like, I think that makes up a pretty big chunk of people that watch a lot of, cause a lot of the, the content is sort of skewed in that direction. That's changing. I suppose that's changing. I think there's a lot more like Western big game stuff, probably more. Well, I think you got a, I think you got a point there with uh, probably those guys that are doing, that are living out there in the East and or Midwest that hunt whitetails and whatever else they're, they're probably watching a lot of the, western stuff and fantasizing about it yeah that yeah guaranteed yeah Yeah. nine percent hate what were the other two no nine percent like it no i mean nine percent no love it yeah love it yeah no five percent five percent love it five percent fifty two percent are neutral yeah and forty one uh hate it I think there's still, I still think there's some lying there. I think it's like a guilty pleasure thing for a lot of people. Well, if you, you know? if I read, so there's comments on the thread and a lot of the comments are like, um, let's see, I have Instagram and follow a few lower key gals, guys and gals. Um, I hate it, but I also partake. Um, <laughs> so there's to, to your point david <laughs> Here, yeah. here's a good here's a here's a good one the sooner youtube instagram facebook demonetizes hunting platforms the better that's all i have to say <laughs> yeah well matt yeah. didn't i hear you talk about how you'd watch it in in like hotel hotel yeah uh, yeah i did <laughs> like i still would it, i still i still i mean i yeah it's yeah like a guilty pleasure Right, yeah. A lot of times people watch other stuff in hotel rooms that is also good. Yeah. When I was a kid, my <laughs> friends and I used to play my friends and my brothers used to play this game called musical confessions where we would admit to liking songs that we shouldn't. Hmm. You know, reminds me of that. 
I remember one night I we were playing it and I I remember I admitted to liking um a Wilson Phillips song. I don't even know who it is. Me neither. Really? <laughs> Do you, Jill? No. And what did you say the song? One of them one of them was a was well Wilson, the one woman that was named Wilson, she's related like the daughter of Brian Wilson, I think. Oh. Okay. From so the it's Beach like Boys. A- it was that like a Brooks and Dunn. Someday somebody's gonna turn around and make you cry. Till oh, yeah. then, Everybody baby, are you gonna hold on? Nah, nah, nah. You don't know that one? No, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> if you hold on for one more day, things will go your way. No, hold no, on for be- one more day. <laughs> I mean, shit, this was 30-some years ago. But... Yeah, I know that song. I just didn't know the oh. name of the person who sung it. I'm so proud of myself that I could, like, quote-unquote, sing it well enough that somebody actually It's not in my register, that is for sure. Do you have a go-to karaoke song? Me? Yeah, anybody. Um... No, I've done a fair bit of karaoke, but yeah. I don't have a go-to. I like to mix it up, keep the people guessing. What about y'all? Car- karaoke song? Go-to karaoke song? I've, I've never done karaoke I've in never my do- life. Yep, me neither. Really? Oh, really? Wow. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Thought I'd spare everybody else my voice. <laughs> Home deaf. <laughs> what about you, David? I, um, I don't, yeah, I, I've definitely done some karaoke. Um, I think probably the one I've done more than anything is uh, Georgia Satellite, uh, "Hands to Yourself." Mm. That one, that one usually gets a good reaction from the crowd. You know, that's not. Yeah, you you got some range if you could do that. Yeah, you, it's it's a lot of energy. You know what I mean? It's, it's yeah, like, it's yeah. You can't. You got you got to own it. You got to own it. Kind of you kind of yell at everybody, and they yeah, go along with it. Do you know that one, you young whippersnappers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. We'll have to do. We'll have to do the hunt quietly, sing loudly, karaoke outing. Yeah. Mm, I like it. Last night we were talking a lot about hip hop. Jill's gonna go first. <laughs> oh, for the karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Start thinking of your song. I'll be drinking a lot of whiskey for that. <laughs> okay, so yeah. any any more to impart on 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 that, Omar? That's fascinating, and I think we should make an Instagram post about that. Yeah. Um. No, that's that. Those are the results. I mean, would you uh, mind reaching out to one of the either Matt Feinauer or uh, do you have everybody's contact info? Who? Matt Feinauer or or who? Or or David Fontenot or Chris Ornoff. I think it'd be good to like try to construct something about that. Yeah, I can send them. I'll I'll get all of them. Okay, thank you. Omar, did you get any other comments that um, stood out to you? Yeah. Um, I'd have to go through them again, but I want to find one from uh, like a new guy. 
Okay, here's because there's on Rockslide you can tell who's new and who's not. So how? Let me. Here's here's one from a new guy. Oh, it says but, it, there's categories. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I remember. Yeah, because and it says uh, too how many posts they've had and yeah. Yeah, the 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 new guys are are FNGs. That's what it says under there. Was that stand? You know for? what? You, you know, fucking new guy. New guy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. Okay. That's a tradesman term. Is it yeah. really? It's, I thought it was yeah. a military term. Oh, yeah, it could be that. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I've always I've heard I've heard it on a lot of job sites before. Yeah, but. for sure. But I think it carried over from the military. Yeah, you're probably right. Well, the guy that yeah. started that forum was Aaron Snyder, and I think he was in the military. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um what? so let's let me read one from a from one of the FNGs. Uh I admittedly consume the content here and there for entertainment, but the powers of social media are ruining so much. Hunting, fly fishing, skiing, and everything else I do has been negatively impacted since the influencers realized they can grab the whole world by parading our great resources. It wasn't so bad when there was only one or two Randy Newbergs on TV. It's just as much as it's just as much anybody else's right to re recreate as mine. But not everyone in the world can hunt and fish if we want anyone to be able to do it at all. That's the thing, man. It's such a tough deal. It's That's such a tough is. deal. Yeah, no, no, yeah. But when like yeah. just sometimes I, I think about it's just such a tough deal. You bring more introduce more people into a wonderful thing and it makes it a less wonderful thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just I don't know. It's artificial. It's artificially like social media and YouTube and stuff is artificially pumping up the numbers. It's not like a a, a natural People aren't naturally drawn to it. They're getting pushed into it by influence or influencers. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a interesting model. Like, yeah, like it, what comes to mind would be like a, like a leaky cup, you know, and it just, there's the, the people that are the, 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 the water draining out of the bottom of the cup would be people that are just naturally kind of leaving hunting because they're older or whatever. And I'm just, I'm like making an analogy based on your conception, Omar. Yeah. Uh, that, that, uh, what social media and hunting TV does is just turns up the spigot that's draining into the cup at the top. Yeah. That's a, that's a good analogy. Yeah. Well, and it's pushing a type of hunting too, you know, to be out there all the time and be hunting multiple states. And so it's not just the numbers. Like you've said before, it's the, it's the hunter per acre, but it's also just the number of hunter days. Yeah. Yeah. It's no longer get what you need to sustain yourself and then <laughs> go do something. Well, I remember. Else. Yeah. And it's, it's introduced a whole new, motivation that wasn't there before i mean the, the idea that you would have been a, a professional hunter 30 years ago i mean that just didn't exist in north no, america not unless you were a you guide. know what i mean right yeah. a, gu a guide sure or you know yeah. but that's like such a small 
percentage, you know, a, a guide or, you know, well, yeah. yeah and but, a guide, a guide isn't, a guide isn't harvesting that the client is. So, right. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it's just an entirely new motivation to be out there, you know, to purely to make money. I mean, there's conceivably and almost certainly a lot of social media hunters who are doing it almost entirely to make money and sell products. And that's disgusting, you know, but that's, that's the reality of creating an entire industry based around hunting content. Not, not even just hunting itself, but hunting media, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. So the next question that was asked of the audience and this is our audience now, I guess it's people that either really like us or really, I guess it's everybody's the hunt quietly subreddit. Who would, who would linger there? People that like us, people that hate us probably. And then people that are curious. Well, but we post in different um, chat rooms. So on other, so, you know, we asked this question to the back, the backcountry hunting community, the bow hunting community the r okay um, the regular hunting community and i think the, the regular r hunting community has like was it david like two hundred twenty thousand people or something in it from worldwide yeah yeah by far the most activity for basically anything we post happens on just the it's just the hunting subreddit r slash hunting um you know we 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 kind of will repost a lot of this stuff on our our hunt quietly subreddit but by far the biggest, um, you know, uh, by far the most interaction we get is on just the big hunting subreddit. So, yeah, we got kicked out of, um, elk hunting. Or yeah, we got, <laughs> we got kicked out of, of out of r slash elk hunting within like a, like a week or something. What'd you do? I posted your article and the guy <laughs> and, Oh man, I, man, I'd have to go back and look, but one of the moderators, you know, like the, the people that run that, that subreddit or whatever, um, was pretty much just like, like keep this bullshit to yourself or whatever and just banned us. <laughs> like, it's immediately. heretical. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And then a you, few people you, like, you, you, you go like it was published in a national publication. Yeah. And, and I was, and oh man, I, y'all should start talking about the results and I would love to find the interaction I had with this guy because it was literally, you know, to like dumb it down. I posted the, the, the article and he was pretty much just like, shut up. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, you know, can we have a discussion? He's like, no, take the shit out of here. You know mm. what I mean? Like it was that, mm. it was that yeah. ridiculous. I don't That's know. Maybe I'll go childish. back and find it, but, but it was ridiculous. Yeah. We just straight up got banned from the authentic subreddit within a matter of days, you know? And within a matter of minutes of posting that article. So, so mm. that's what that guy thinks. Was it the R3 world. article? I believe so. I think yeah. it was R3. Um, yeah. But so some people just aren't, aren't trying to hear any of it. Yeah. How do, you balance that? How do you balance that with the email I just read? Right. Yeah. yeah and, you know, to, to, on the other hand, I, so I screenshotted basically the interaction I had with this guy and posted it on the, the hunt quietly subreddit just to be like, you know, if y'all have any opinions on whether or not we should be able to discuss this, discuss this on a public forum, like maybe let these people know what you think. 
and there was a few people that was like that were obviously you know on our side at least insofar as they wanted to be able to discuss it and not just have the conversation shut down you know so you've, ex- too. you've experienced a little bit of sen- what i would personally describe as censorship on on one form or, or another right omar yeah i have about um it was about the black Ovis uh camel fire you know the, the company that they were black orvis is the company and what what was it Cam- camel fire they're like the same company it's okay two different branches of the, of the same company but um they are basically supporting that they're still doing business and supporting that Neely freak brand the guy that's pretty much a known he is a known poacher and has um a previous offense and is has a uh jury trial up for some major violations major poaching violations uh, coming up in october yeah it's a trespassing case right yeah well i can't Um, remember his name i don't know his name i just know the brand Um, okay but yeah basically the uh black ovis posted you know their announcements or deals on the on the forum and every time they post it i would go into the thread and say hey are you still doing business with uh muley freak if so i'm not going to give you my money and a lot of people won't keep continuing eric, to buy your product. eric 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 van warken i'm sorry yeah, that's him Warkham. yeah so i'm sorry i interrupted you i should have waited till you were done go continue on um where was i Oh, you were like just saying, why are you still doing business with this group? That yeah. So every time they post advertisements or or whatever on the forum, I, I'd I'd ask them, hey, are you still doing business with so and so? And um, if you are, then I'm not going to do business with you. And once you stop, I'll return as a customer. And I posted that on a few different threads, and uh, come to find out, one of the moderators deleted my posts and then sent me a pretty scathing private message about it um so yeah i thought that was pretty interesting it's basically they that's that's one of their site sponsors and they didn't want any any um you know any pushback on their sponsors i'm assuming because that's that's their their means of income for this for the forum wow I'm trying to find the, I'm trying to find the message. So unlike other forms of social media where you might get kicked off because, well, uh, here it is. Here's the response to that, to my comments, they deleted them. And then I got a message saying you need to cease posting thread derailing comments on black Ovis announcement on what What comments, black Elvis, thread, black Elvis comments. Okay. Yeah, you need to stop. You need to cease posting threads, derailing comments on Black Ovis announcements. This isn't going to be the platform to push your personal industry reform ideology. (laughs) (laughs) Man, man. Yeah, it's like with so people get deplatformed on social media because the social media comp, uh, uh, company doesn't like their politics you know that happens once mm-hmm. in a while or has happened but this is just you getting deplatformed or censored because you're affecting the bottom line pretty much 
I mean, I, and, I found a. Sorry, go ahead. Um, I've reached out. It's not like I haven't reached out to these companies, Black Ovis and Camelfire. I've reached out and messaged them multiple times to ask them, and they won't respond. They won't make a statement on anything about doing business with the, with the poacher guy. Um, so I that's why I posted on their threads because they won't respond to my emails. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you don't know. Not only do you get not know if what if the forums who's on the forums are representative of the hunting community, but what even if they are, the content is getting fucked with by the moderators. Yeah. yeah. I just found a little bit on that elk hunting subreddit thing. It's hard because the guy, you know, after the fact deleted what he had said to me when I posted this. It was it was your um your free range American article about unfollowing social media um hunters basically. And so, you know, I'm kind of having to fill in the blanks because he removed the comments, but reading my replies to him, I kind of remember he said something to the effect of, um, the, you know, just the same thing everybody was saying for a while. There was like, you're opposed to social media, but you're posting on social media. Yeah, that's... And so I, I, you know, clarified, you know, that we're not opposed to social media. We're opposed to using it to commodify and commercialize hunting. And then he came back with, I know he said this because I quoted it in my reply to him. He said, why don't you just shut up, be quiet, and let the rest of us enjoy ourselves? To which I responded, we are hunting quietly. We're asking others to do the same thing. Just shut up and let us enjoy ourselves <laughs> and not post about <laughs> it on social media. So that's what got me banned from the, the elk hunting subreddit. And then now I'm remembering that, yeah, I reposted this on our subreddit, and he must have seen that and got our entire account banned from Reddit for a week because it was, uh, it was harassment (laughs) because I left his name. I I took a screenshot of him saying that to us and banning us from the subreddit. And because I reposted that on on our subreddit, it was, I was harassing him. So we got the entire thing, uh, taken down for a week. So, Oh my God, I want to give this guy a wedgie. (laughs) <laughs> I know, dude. I know what a nerd. But he also, he also, you know, I looked back through his post history, and it was a lot of stuff in the meat eater, you know, subreddit, and just whatever. He's a dork. Who cares? But yeah. pretty, pretty ridiculous to get our whole account of banned because <laughs> he must have some power, though. I guess. Yeah, I think it's one of those where you. Can, I don't know. I yeah, I think you can just report <laughs> it, and some bot pretty much makes the call of like, are you? Are you being nice or no? You okay. Know? And but who knows? Yeah, that's but I think that's why. I, go ahead. Oh no, you can go. I just I I just think that that Matt when I when I brought up that idea of making creating our own forum, it might it might be a good idea further down the line. I don't know. It all depends on how many people follow and pay attention to the hunt quietly and hunters for access stuff. Because yeah. then we have con- we have control of the content. We don't have any bot well, or moderator trying to you know quick quick plug for the the hunt the hunt quietly subreddit is that's basically what it is is it's a forum we control the content we moderate what is posted there the way we the way me and jill have been running is just post whatever you want there's just not a whole lot of traffic there right now to be honest but um that was kind of the idea is if we create a user account 
start posting in other bigger pre-existing subreddits and then create create our own subreddits. Hopefully people start visiting our subreddit, which is essentially just a forum and then making comments and or making posts and comments there that are relevant to the hunt quietly mission message so on and so forth and we have we've had a few people start to just make posts ask questions make comments about hunt quietly related topics and so that's why that was my whole idea with like starting the hunt quietly subreddit is that it could function as basically a forum um, but we wouldn't have to do all the legwork of creating like a, a web, you know, a separate website. It's just a pre-existing. Yeah. And then you website. can get out of the echo chamber as long as you don't get banned from other groups. Yeah, and you exactly, can post yeah. in, in these other areas and it, they have a much higher number of folks and get, um, yeah, get responses. There. Right. And you guys so, don't, um, and you guys probably don't take anybody's stuff down, any com- buddy's comments no. down. Oh, no. no. And we've, you know, and, no. and no, of course not. But yeah, so quick, you know, anybody who's listening and if you've never used Reddit, it is a little bit confusing. It's not quite as intuitive like as Instagram or something like that. But if you want to discuss this stuff, you know, with us, please visit our subreddit and, you know, make a post, make a comment. You can do polls, you can post pictures, you can post links to articles, you know, whatever you it's want. It's not gripping grins. It's a, yeah, it's a good, it's a, it's a, it'll be a direct way to, to get in touch with, with yeah. one of us, you know? Yeah. Post and, a video of you singing your best karaoke song. Uh, <laughs> something like that. But it, it's also, cause I mean, we, we're all, most of us are all, or all of us are just volunteers. And so, you know, it, it would be great to have other people that posting things. Cause we can't, we don't know everything going on in every state. So exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah there's something it. relevant to our mission or message that you can go on there and post and just get a conversation going, you know, that's, it's a great forum to be able to do that or just go, you know, there's a, like I said, I think I should look it up, but there's hundreds of thousands of people in the hunting subreddit, just r slash, uh, you know, hunting. So, you know, Make your voice heard if you have something to say or if you have information you want to get out there about any of these topics. It's, it's a good place to to do that, even though it's a little yeah. bit toxic and you might get banned at times. <laughs> so, and I, I just want to read this quote that I I had um, kind of in front of me, but um, just it relates to the intolerance that you know for dialogue in the broader hunting community, and um, it was from. Um, Pazowicz and um, Balford and and he was um, Keith Balford was the spokesperson for Boone and Crockett for a while and they um, they were talking and they said that tribalism in the hunting community has created an atmosphere of intolerance towards those who insist hunters adhere to a higher standard and then they go on to to, um, Pazowicz goes on to say um, rather it's the conduct and the mindset causing breaches in ethical hunting behavior to happen that warrant soul searching for the hunting community. So wow, that's when is that quote from? Um, that was from it was like a quote from like Todd Wilkinson talking to those guys from one of his articles in Mountain Journal. Okay, do you so have any idea what he was really? Okay, I'm sorry, I just uh, stepped away for a second. Uh, do you have any idea what he's yeah. getting at? Um, like yeah, I, was, I, mean, I get it in general, but specifically what the issues were at that time. Yeah, I do. Um, it was. I mean, this part of this was in um, pertaining to. Um, pertain to the um, coyote killing okay. with, um, with snowmobiles, but then people 
that were saying, well, that's not cool to be doing that. We're getting a lot of heat from the hunting community. And so like people couldn't even stand up and say, Hey, it's not cool to run over a coyote with a snowmobile. I just got an article last week. Somebody sent me from some little magazine about how the hunting community needs to stand together. And like those articles get published. It's like, I'm not fucking standing together with these people, man. No, there's, there's a lot of people that I, I'm the opposite of standing with them. I don't want to be associated with them in any way, shape or form. Right. Well, cause we're, we're more in threat from within than from without from, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's a good segue into the, um, biggest threats in, to hunting. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> nice Bill, you have a bright future yep. as a podcast. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, so the question was that we posed. We'll be right and, back uh, after a word from our sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just gets silent for 20 seconds. <laughs> oh, yeah. We have no sponsors. <laughs> Sounds of silence. Great karaoke song. <laughs> nice, <Not that>, <laughs> So the question was, um, what, what do you see the biggest threats to hunting are now and in 50 years? And, um, and again, it was posted to four different subreddits and the biggest was the R hunting. And we did get some international feedback, but I didn't include that in the, um, when we were tallying it up and there was over 300 responses and, and people pretty much stayed on question. They didn't derail like, you know, most hunting forums when a thread starts, it derails pretty easily. Oh man, I watched, I've seen that where like I get on one that's about me and they start out bashing me and then they go out and next thing you know, they're talking about which caliber they like best. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's where some of, yeah, you know, that moderation happens on the hunt forums where they have a hard time trying to decide like what to moderate and what not and to keep it, you know, the focus. But, um, but yeah, so we ended up with like 267 responses. And um, I don't know how you guys want to do this, but the the two highest responses by far that got, um, I think, 67 and 69 votes were um, ethics and behavior and access. Hunting access were the two, like, biggest threats. Um, and so I don't know if you want to – and then I, we can talk about the other ones after, too. But I don't know if you want, guys want to go into, like, one of those first. And if, which What one? was the percentage on those? Um, oh, it was, um, it was, uh, I didn't, I didn't do it in a percentage, but, oh, okay. um, it was, they each got like a third, I think of the votes probably. Okay. Um, well, and I, and I, I was going to say too, is it's a little bit skewed because the way you did it, Jill, if I'm understanding correctly, is you basically read the comments got the gist of what they were saying the biggest threat was, and then tallied that as one for, say, access, or one for hunter behavior. Is that correct? Yeah, so some people would list it out, and they would be like, this, this, and this, and I would count it. And so this is definitely no master's thesis, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. approved survey. It was just kind of to get a pulse and to just, like, spark discussion on what people were thinking the biggest threats were and to see, like, what the biggest themes were that people were talking about. And what I was going to say, what I was going to say is that it's, it's not even close as far as I can tell. It's by far access and maybe like a distant second is something like hunter behavior. Reason being is 
the co- like you get the gist of the comment, you mark down, you know, tally one for access. But the thing is, each one of those comments, there's upvotes and downvotes, right? So oh, yeah. somebody could simply say something like access to quality hunting, and then that comment gets like 300 upvotes. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So those 300 people didn't go through and say access, 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 but they're all saying, yes, this is what I believe as well. By oh, I see. But, but that's so, double counting though, because people upvote and then they write their own comments too. So, you know, cause sure. the, the, the most upvoted oh, yeah, comment that's true. was rich assholes. Like that was the most upvoted. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that, yeah, that no. could be read as X. That was just access. Is that, I mean, yeah, like, that's to qu- to quote, it's actually rich jackoff, <laughs> rich jackoff yeah, buying up land or on public land and blocking access. Though, so yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. You know, rich it's an jack-offs. access thing. Yeah, access. But yeah, that got yeah. two hundred and thirty yes. up. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. <laughs> wow. But I, think, I was getting that people... with that. I. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Joe. Oh no, but like qualitatively, like people talk, and I'll explain what was in the in the ethics and behavior that includes. Um, how hunting is portrayed to non-hunters, um, the lack of education um, for hunters and non-hunters, the hunter behavior both in the field and on social media, trophy hunters and social media. Um, yeah, so it was. It's not. Yeah, so it's it. You know, it spans. Yeah, I was going to ask subcategories. I was going to ask that. So that that includes social media influencers yep. and stuff. Yeah, but people had wild stories on um, the like ethical behavior of people in the field. Like one guy was shot at. Um, oh, you know, it happens. Patients in the field. That happens all the time. Because I'm uh, in California, moving. Uh, I'll be a refugee soon. But um, there's it happens almost every year um, on deer in D zone. We have a place called D zone. It's not units in California. It's D zone. In D3 through 5, we have every year there's a report of somebody shooting at somebody else, shooting at movement. It's crazy. And and there's no Hunter Orange out here either. So, yeah. Really? Oh, the wow. There's no Hunter state. Orange in <laughs> California. No, no Hunter Orange. Oh. It's the one yeah. regulation you don't have. Do you wear it anyway? It depends on where I'm hunting. I don't, I, I mean, a lot of places I hunt, there's nobody else. So. It depends. Yeah, man, I'd be at least a hat. I'd be terrified a lot of places, mm-hmm. public places where I hunt or have hunted to not wear some kind of blaze orange. We so always called, saying- it, called it. We always called it blaze orange. Did you guys ever hear blaze orange growing yep. up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry, just curious because I hear hunter orange all the time now. So Omar, when you're saying people get like purposely shooting at other people. Because that's what this um, guy was saying. Like they're purposely shooting the trees in front of him as he was driving through. Um, because no, it's most of the time it's um, people just shooting at movement or yeah. not identifying the target, and they just shoot. There's like really unexper- inexperienced hunters shooting at other people because of leaf moves or something crazy. It's it's just bad. Not not like trying to murder somebody, yeah. but yeah. No, when I first moved to Vermont, I was so afraid of being shot in the woods just because I'd heard the stories and I'd done all my hunting out in Montana that I would literally walk in in the dark and I would not leave until it was dark. There are, according to, 
the Gitnux blog. I don't know how <laughs> credible <laughs> that is, but there's approximately a thousand hunting accidents reported annually, a thousand in the U.S. and with a with a average of a hundred fatalities. Does that seem high or low to you guys, or is that what are you low? That seems low. You can yeah, how many days. Well, yeah, you know, I I know of a couple shootings that didn't get reported where guys just got scratched. You know, had to go out to go to the doctor and get a BB pulled out of their bicep or whatever. How do yeah. still have BBs in them? Um, yeah, my dad died with BBs in them. He got shot in the ankle, rabbit hunting, and then. This is a little macabre, but we, you get when we, after you got cremated and we got the ashes back, we dug through there looking for those BBs. <laughs> you find them? No, we did not. I mean, isn't the melting point of cremation? Yeah. Yeah. I think it would burn lead. Yeah. Melt lead. Yeah. But hey, on the, on the, I don't remember the logic. I just know there's a lot of drinking around the time of a funeral. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just curious. I know you didn't include the the um, the international results, but what did they what did they say? Um, one one person uh, or two people from Canada were talking. They about said it, like, fucking Americans. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all you bitching about. Well, one person, I think it was like Norway or Sweden. They were. They said, "Well, you can send more of your hunters over here because we don't have enough, and we." They oh, yeah, no, you better be careful what you wish for. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the guy said there was a, and I've heard this before, that you basically have hunting clubs that you, it's like an official state-sponsored thing where you have a hunting club of so many people and they issue the club X amount of tags and that club can divvy them up amongst themselves and friends or whatever. But he said for the four of them, they had something like 68 deer tags and 12 moose tags. What? Um, Yeah, just a huge number. And he's like, over here, we, we have too many, we have too many, animals and not enough hunters and then somebody chimed in from japan and said the same thing they're like yeah really yeah yeah i thought that was odd in australia they said um government and irresponsible hunters um oh and and australia's like mm -hmm. they're about to lose bow hunting they're i think yeah they lost duck hunting and the duck hunting's banned in several provident provinces or i don't know if they're called provinces but and in BC, they said leaseholders on crown lands blocking access. Mm. So similar, similar yeah. to the American model problems. Yeah. But the big ones were hunter behavior. Yeah. And access. And, and I don't, access, get, the, yeah. I don't and, get the hunter. Like, how is hunter bad? Okay. That's pretty broad. And what they mean is not people putting dumb stuff on social media they're talking about and, people leaving trash or people being irresponsibly responsible in danger yeah, it's both oh okay both. Is that, yeah I've, I've got a, a a comment pulled up here that i thought was you know pretty interesting and you know got a pretty good response uh says i would say you know this is in response to our question what is the biggest threat but i would say people posting extremely stupid videos of wounded animals on social media would be another thing that is a threat 
Think what the antis are going to use to show how bad hunting is to the non-hunting public. Ask yourself, does this video help hunting or does it hurt hunting? Somebody responded to that and said, this is a bigger issue than people think. Too many hunters treat hunting like it's a constitutional right rather than what it is, a state-sanctioned privilege. Something like 10% of people support hunting, 10% of people are dead-ass against hunting, and 80% can be swayed either way. Things like bloody grip and grins and hunts gone wrong being posted all over social media, dead animals flung over truck hoods, hunting high-profile high profile animals like albinos or known tagged animals, etc., make a lot of that 80% swing the wrong direction. I think that, that sums up yeah. yeah, that sounds like well. a hunt quietly member. Exactly, yeah. One, yeah, one thing we were talking now, about... Okay, I want to make this clear, though. That's a good point, Omar. So we only got, like, two responses or something from the Hunt Quietly um, like subroom. So these are all, mostly members from the yeah. R Hunting, and then mm -hmm. um, Bow Hunting was really active in it, too. And then Backcountry Hunting gave a few responses. Which one was that from? Which one? Which sub, was, which sub oh, that was from was R Hunting, I think. Okay, cool. right now. Yeah, that's yeah. that's just the yeah. generic hunting subreddit. Yeah, it's it's, it is it is you know I I will say like it's just bizarre sometimes the the responses you get or you know but reading through stuff like this as far as trying to gauge people's pulse on how they feel about the stuff that we're talking about it's surprising how many of these comments could be pulled straight from one of our podcasts or something where it's mm -hmm. like. People understand, yeah. you know what I mean? I oh, think. and that, and last night, uh, like, or like the podcast last night where I was talking about like with this outdoor life thing about why is approval for hunting on the decline, man, I'm telling you the lot, well, we were mentioned on two of the comments, uh, the hunt quietly, and, but it, like I say, problems with social media were way up there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but how do we get how do we get those people that agree with us to do something about it rather than just you know stand on the sidelines? We got to do better at. I think if hunt quietly is going to start to have okay, I, hunt quietly could have impacts by just changing the culture, but it could also have impacts by if we could get good at encouraging directing people's expenditures. Because then yeah. if we could get good at, if, if people were will, believed in the message enough, it became their message. It became their message that, mm -hmm. that there's something not right about the way dead wildlife is being treated. There's just something not right about the commodification of hunting. Then and it became their message. Maybe we could start to, to, you know, uh, put pressure on the, on the industry to behave differently but by like directing people's expenditures towards companies that are doing the right thing. I think that's, I don't know. That's always been one of my, when I think I sit there and think if we were to have an impact, how would it, we have an impact, you know, mm -hmm. something like that. But then, I mean, I'm just not very creative and I all, and I already think we are. I already think we are. I think what we're saying is seeping into the culture. I think so too. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think it, it helps to give other people a voice when they hear other people talking about it, because I know 
like for me before I found it, I was, I was one of those silent people that wasn't doing anything. Cause I was, wasn't sure what I could do. Yeah. You know, like I didn't feel like my voice mattered aside where I just spent my money. Yeah. I agree. I agree with a lot. I agree with, I throw in with the, uh, with the, with the top two bad, bad hunter and behavior. It's, it's terrible for access. Yeah. I was going to say that too. Thanks for bringing that up. It, it all kind of just ties together. Yeah. So yeah. Bad hunter behavior is terrible for access. Access is <laughs> yeah. one of the top two problems. So. Yeah. I, I, man, I, I just, I've got to, I've got to reiterate that I really think that by far, when you when you take into consideration the amount of upvotes, the amount of basically people saying I agree with this comment, you know the top three are, quote, you know public land access and urban wildlife interface development, rich jackoffs buying up land around public land and blocking access, and then uh, the next one is just straight up land access. Yeah, you know but, what I mean. So, and then yeah, the one after that is. Sorry, go ahead, Joe. Oh, no, I was just, so on in the other groups where people didn't respond as much, you're not going to get as much upvotes. So, like in bow hunting, there was going to be like a lot of people were talking about epics, but they're not going to have the upvotes that right. you know the the right. our hunting has because there's two hundred twenty thousand people. Yeah, but uh, you know, it's just interesting that yeah. you know, if if some if if that if that if these comments are getting 220, 187, yeah. they're all, if those are all people saying, basically, I agree yeah. with this. They're not making that comment or, you know, voice their opinion. But, you know, I think if we, if, yeah, yeah. suffice to say, I, I think that people are pretty clearly stating that they think access, especially is the biggest issue. Right now. You know, one thing that, that makes it even, that makes it, that you got to keep in mind when you're thinking about the respondents on something like this is that Jim and I just got done talking about this NSSF report about access, access a couple of, a few episodes. And it's like the questionnaires in that, the questions in that survey had to do with, do you hunt private land? Do you hunt public land? Do you want hunt private land made accessible through, somebody that you know well and if you do some back of the envelope comp uh calculations they don't lay it out in this way you gather that about 50 percent of the hunting that happens in this country happens on land owned by the person hunting it or people that that person that that know the person that owns it right so that there you got 40 50 percent there that are not going to say access probably unless they're I mean, thinking about others you know unless they're thinking about others which i would applaud them for that but their their access is secured yeah maybe because people were talking about um like development and sprawl and um, leasing and so when you know and then in, in farm country that going to monoculture and so they were you know when the person that they knew passes on or their land that it's just not affordable so it gets bought up did anybody say yeah. habitat and fragmentation oh, was it oh yeah and okay. um yeah so habitat 
loss was also its own category because people didn't specify what it was about habitat loss. Like they weren't saying development or um, public land privatization, but there was like 14 people that mentioned public and private land privatization. And then there were 17 people that said development and sprawl. Did anybody say insufficient technology, not enough like good clothing to keep you warm or a lack of how to <laughs> content? No, but there was actually a few that were like, you know, boomers not passing on their spots or not, you know, like, mm -hmm. you know, old generation people not sharing information with the younger generation or whatever. And I don't know. The man, old guard. Yeah. Yeah. The old guard not not sharing whatever. And I just. I th that sounds like a pretty specific problem to like a, a person who just doesn't really know any. I don't know. Somebody, I just, I somebody's I mad at their granddad. Or, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or yeah, I don't know. It, it, it just, I, it, to me, that just doesn't seem like an over. <laughs> it's certainly not the biggest threat to hunting. I wouldn't say that too many boomers aren't passing along their spots or whatever. It's like, yeah. I don't know. That's that just seems yeah. a little silly to me. Matt, I was curious though. I'm I'm curious. Um, the the NSS NSSF. Is that 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 would have to be pretty skewed as as far as the people who would be answering that poll? That would have to be pretty skewed towards people that are just into shooting guns. Right? No, no, it's a I random mean, survey. Yeah, random survey drawn from where though? Uh, I think it's drawn from people that bought a hunting license. I'd have okay. to look at the methods, but I think that's right. And okay. then they call them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, that seems but, more legit. And for, I was going to say, it would seem because, you know, people that are super in, in my experience, people that are super into like shooting sports and shooting guns a lot, like that's, that's kind of a, a disposable income crowd, people that have some extra money. A lot of times those people do have some land to shoot on because, um, you know, it's just the cost of ammunition, the cost of like a range mm. membership and stuff like that. I was just going to say, if, if it was drawn from just like NSSF members, then that seems like it could pretty easily be skewed towards people who have disposable income and right. or land right. to, you know, but that makes more sense if it was, it was just drawn from. Yeah, group. I think that's right. Well, with the one we just did last night with Americans attitudes towards hunting, shooting sports and fishing, that is the whole country. Like yeah. that, they're trying to get a random sample from the whole country, right? That one, but I think it's people that have bought a hunting license or something. It's, it's, uh, um, it's, 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 uh, constricted to that subpopulation. They're mm -hmm. stratified. I think that's the what the 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 correct vernacular for. That kind of stratified random sampling. That's what I'm trying to say. Which right. this was definitely not our survey. And David, you may, you've reminded me of another skewed aspect of, so this is just open. So people could see other people's answers, you know, and so they would feed off of each other. Like if somebody said access, somebody would say, oh yeah, that. And, right. um, and there were a couple people that said, I'm a new hunter and access is the biggest thing. Like, I don't know where to go. Yeah, definitely. Um, so there were a few of those. Um, yeah. And so, um, and there was other, you know, a lot of the other categories 
that we had um, could relates to access, I think. And um, like climate change, climate change in the antis got the same amount of votes. Um, But climate change in the antis got the same number of votes (laughs) as the biggest threat. Yeah. So that that'd be the far right and the far left. Yeah, I was and, gonna somebody, say like, <laughs> and somebody did say that too. That, really? That, that oh, the, yeah. Someone said the biggest threat is the polarization and the far left, oh, and the far right? Okay. Because the far left is going to chip away at the hunting regs and and our hunting rights, and the far right is going to sell off public land. Oh, and, um, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody, somebody put the Canadian liberal government. <laughs> and then right above that is Republican politicians destroying the environment. <laughs> so like, but, but there were, but there were other people too that put, you know, Democrats and yeah. And, and, yeah. and that political. Libtards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so politics and regulations did get, you know, did get a, a bit, a bit yeah. of votes and, and government and, um, you know, and I think there are a number of states that have seen that the new regs, but um, yeah. Oh, it was um, people that don't understand hunting moving into positions of um, like into commissioner positions and stuff. Um, maybe not that high, but you know, within the state agencies. Right. And then, so that was a concern. That's something I hear a lot from folks. So I know a lot of people that work for fish wildlife parks here in Montana, people that work for BLM. And I hear a lot that the new crop of like wildlife biologists and game managers, they don't, they're, it used to be that they were all hunters and that's not the case anymore. It's definitely not. It's not the case in California. They hire anybody to be um, to do that, especially with the the uh, game wardens. Mm. They're just random people. They're not people that know anything about the outdoors. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that seems like a problem for sure. Any other thoughts? Mm. Well, I mean, I think, I mean, just working and chipping away on the access and the hunters for access, it just shows like that need, you know, for that, for hunters for access in multiple states. It seems like there's a big need out there for hunters to come together. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Definitely. Like, definitely. It just makes you feel, makes me feel like what we're trying to do with the hunters for access thing is in the right vein and it's not even it's just doing the right thing like i can it's harder for me because i'm living in a state where we have a chapter and we're doing some things but i don't hunt block management very much at all you folks live in states where you're not going to be you don't hunt on public lands made accessible through government programs at all or hardly at all. And you're, it's just, it's just heartwarming to see that you're willing to look out for the rest of the hunting community and, 
do something with our this hunter for access thing uh for your fellow hunters throughout the country i think that's what it's going to take if we're going to perpetuate uh the north american model the non-pay publicly accessible democracy and hunting everybody gets an opportunity way that it's always been so i really appreciate that about you folks yeah yeah i think uh you know it's going to take people like yourself matt to step up and uh take some initiative and get the ball rolling you know i think people don't have so much of a hard time kind of falling in line if you know if they if they feel like they're being represented by a certain group or a certain movement i think it's not that hard for people to kind of throw some support behind it but uh they actually have the the foresight and the uh kind of get up and go to actually initiate something like hunters for access i think that's kind of the key right now is to get just get stuff off the ground and then uh you know kind of a if you build it they will come sort of deal might happen yeah beyond that so in five years we'll know a hell of a lot more yeah yep in that nssf report why is that so hard to say oh because i'm always trying to figure did i say enough s's or do i need to conclude (laughs) that's what it is for me at least yeah um there was a presentation and in one of the presentations that was given at an r3 forum it said access is r3 yeah i saw that i saw that yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, decline in hunters and interest did did come up a bit, like not um, like loss of societal interest, and then not having enough kids, people not getting their kids outdoors. And um, I know in some somebody from Pennsylvania said that there was fifty percent fewer youth um, licenses bought in twenty twenty than two thousand and ten. I don't know if that's true. I didn't fact check it, mm. but that's what somebody from Pennsylvania said. I read this article recently that said where the, where this demographer was pointing out with no equivocation that we are at peak baby right now. There will never more be more babies in the world than there are right now. Hmm. And that holds true for the U S too. Why? Because the fertility rate is dropping. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, so like the like the amount of people that could have babies is no longer babies per women is going babies per for, for, right. per woman is going down. Interesting. In the Man, okay. you want to talk about huge changes? You know, we'll we'll know more five years from now than we know now. I mean, that's going to be a huge one too. Seems like that's been in. Maybe just the news and outlets that I've tend towards more, you know, towards looking at more, but it does seem like birth rates, fertility, stuff like that is kind of up in the air right now. So those are the game changers that are, are that and climate change. Yeah. We've set records the last several days in a row, right? As as we sit here and talk, I think globally yeah. for the warmest recorded temperatures in history and extreme weather events yeah yeah mm-hmm. all right okay. i mean people people also i'll just throw some a few other things out that yeah yeah go ahead, we don't have Joel, to talk no about it because i know we're going on long but um disease which you know i think in certain areas that does merit 
very concerned, but to be like the greatest, you know, like that's the thing to think about in all of this is the greatest hunting threat, but um, disease was one of them. And um, people did say population growth. Um, and so lack of funds for conservation, um, mismanagement, things like um, wildfire, but that kind of relates to climate change. I don't know, David, was there anything else that stuck out in your mind? Pollution? Um, no, yeah. I, it, it's, it's, it seems like you were, you could kind of boil everything down to access. Like sometimes, you know, if you just kind of, basically you could cast a wide net, wide net and be like, this kind of all comes down to access, which is kind of what the, um, over, overwhelming message that I got from it was um, it seems people are super concerned with not having quality non-paid places to hunt. You know what I mean? Whether that be from something like bad hunter behavior leading to less places to hunt or urban sprawl leading to less places to hunt or whatever it is. Um, just the the overwhelming message I got were what from it was just people are concerned with there's not going to be anywhere to go eventually. So, um, kind of sad, you know, cause it's like a huge, it's a huge thing that is obviously multifaceted and it's happening for many different reasons, you know, but, um, as far as, as far as what the problem is, it seems like people tend to agree. You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe they've got to that conclusion from one place or the other, but it seems like more and more people are just concerned with not having good places to go hunt. And I think you'd have a hard time being a serious hunter and not coming to that conclusion regardless of where you are, you know? So, um, as far as, you know, what do we do with this information? It just seems clear to me that we have to try to find ways to increase access, you know, more access for more people, because at the end of the day, we're not going to, we can't control who isn't, who isn't going to hunt all we can control or all we can kind of put effort behind is making more places for them to go. So I guess that's, that's kind of what I've gleaned from this is people tend to agree with us that, there's an issue. People tend to agree that that issue is largely access for one reason or another. Um, so I think if, if that's what we're focusing on, we've probably got a good base of support behind it. Yeah. I, the other, the other thing, the other areas, and it's not, it goes without saying, but I just don't see the, I don't see how it makes logical sense to be trying to get more people to hunt. Right. Yeah. yeah, I think people people agree on what the what the threats are, but they don't. A lot of people don't agree on the cause of the, that threat. You know, like a lot of people that agree with us that access is an issue don't agree that social media and whatever else is the cause of that. Right. It's to the, it's to the detriment of that. Yep. Yep. You, you could agree on the problem without the co- agreeing on the cause. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's, that's what I'm saying. A lot of through that is just, you know, people are concerned with their ability to hunt 
um, having a place to hunt, you know, not, not just there. Yeah. There is some of the like anti stuff and gun control and things like that, but you know, maybe again, maybe it just has a lot to do with where we did the poll and the people who were inclined to see it and respond to it. But, um, overwhelmingly, I just get the, the, the impression that people are concerned with having a place to go. So. A quality place to go. A quality place to go. Exactly. And again, it just, and anecdotally, I just, I don't see how you can move through the world, you know, and view the world through the eyes of somebody who likes going out and hunting and having a place to go kind of be off on your own and interact with the natural world. I don't think, I don't think anybody can, can realistically not see the issue there, you know, like how many places do you drive through and you're like, man, this place would be a lot cooler if it wasn't all full of roads and houses, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's just overwhelmingly the impression I get yeah. wherever I go is like with you, you make note of it when you go through a place and it's like, wow, this place is untouched and beautiful and pristine, you know, and it's important to recognize that and to appreciate it. But I also find myself way more often than not going through places and be like, this is a beautiful landscape that is completely littered with fucking, you know, development. And, um, it's, it's just a shame. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I'm getting. Hey, uh, if there's nothing else, uh, let's, uh, wrap it up, uh, th on that, <laughs> on that high point. <laughs> folks if you're listening to this just realize that this group is not a pessimistic group i mean we all i think i think we all enjoy our lives we enjoy our families we enjoy hunting we just have some concerns so. <laughs> well to do anything shows you're not a pessimist right like if you'd have, yeah, you you'd have to True pessimists don't care. They don't talk about it. They don't think about it. They just, you know. So yeah, if you were yeah, a, a true pessimist, pessimist, we wouldn't be trying to affect positive change. Yeah. Just mm -hmm. be nihilists and saying there's no sense to try yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.